Live from the Coachella Valley, time for another hour of the desert scene, art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater, big screen, little screen, and very little screen. This is the Culture Corner with Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. And we are back on the Culture Corner. We're now joined, we're going to switch gears a little bit, joined by a wonderful author, Carolyn Gross, who has a new book out, Rise Above the Chaos. And she, again, was someone who is uh, flexible because we had to postpone this a couple times. Hi, Carolyn. How are you? Hey, Bonnie. We got it together. Yay, finally. Yes, finally. We got it together. (laughs) So I wanted to have you on because I thought uh, you are one of the perfect people to talk to right now. You know, we're hopefully, we're we're just talking earlier, we're moving slowly, I think, out of the negative into the positive. We have a new administration. We've got a vaccine. But, what's you know, it's not going to happen overnight. So, um Tell us a little bit about, I love the title of your book, Rise Above the Chaos. Give us some advice, some tips on how we can stay positive and sort of navigate this change into hopefully a a brighter day. What would you tell us to do? Well, first of all, you're right. We have seen a glimmering of hope and, you know, that maybe just like we've had some stormy weather recently that, you know, maybe the sun is starting to peek through the clouds. One of the things we have been through a global defining moment Mm -hmm. and also, and defining moments are the big ones in life, right? I mean, so when we have them individually, it's like leaving the area, separating from a spouse. I mean, a, a significant loss. Those are huge defining moments that change our lives. A cancer diagnosis. You know what I mean? Right. Here we've had one where, you know, not just our country or not a couple countries, right? Everything but New Zealand mm-hmm. <laughs> has had this defining moment. Now, the thing about defining moments is they do have an aftershock, right? Mm-hmm. They have an after effect. So I think what we have to do is we have to be grateful that the rays of sun are starting to beam on us and and maybe open up a little bit more and we can make more money and get a little closer to each other Mm -hmm. right hopefully but we also have to not think that we're just going to be on the other side of the rainbow overnight because i think our our world and our lives have been are being redefined yeah don't you yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things I love that you said here is um, now more than ever, what we are putting into our mind matters and focusing uh, on doom and gloom. Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, absolutely. You know, what I what I said, because I touch my you know readers and audiences and clients lives a couple times a month via email with a motivational message is, you know, we've got to be bold and rise above the chaos. And we've had so much negativity in the news because of our global crisis Mm -hmm. that we've really now, with the rays of sun starting to come through, we really have to kind of set our own course, I think, in terms of what are we going to do? You know, how much of our lives are going to be changed? How much remote business are we going to be doing? Our activities going to be lessened, you know, and how can we adjust to that so that we're happy inside and not mournful you know what i mean yes yeah and also proactive rather than reactive and your active approach 
and words matter also. That's not something that, um, in addition to yourself, but also I'm a big Louise Hay and Wayne Dyer fan, and they talk about Amen. you know what you you know what what you think about, you bring about, and words matter. The power of your you know your your, your the power of your speech. If you're always saying, "Oh, this is awful," and "I'm stupid," and "It's terrible," and I'm, then you you send out that kind of energy. Do you, w- would you agree with that? Well, that's why I call chaos the great teacher in the first chapter of my book because I've done work one on one and you know with organizations with companies and individuals that were having these major life defining moments. And so, you know, initially people feel so victimized or, you know, how could this happen to me? Why me? And what have you. And I ask people, just turn the lens a little bit and say, what can this crisis, what can this life change teach Teach me? me? Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and then we're not feeling horrible. You know, students don't, now again, we can't say every class, but students don't don't feel like, oh my God, I have to go to school. Now we know there's a little bit of that in a teenager. But, you know, we usually want to learn, right? Because we grow when we learn. Yeah. We become more useful when we learn. Mm -hmm. So the more chaos you've had in your life, if you take this approach, the more skills you have. Yep. And I, I have found, um, Carol, and the people that I know, and of course, you know, if, you, if you've been kicking around for a number of years, hopefully you start, and that in my own experience, you know, I mean, I've been through some tough times, as we all have, but the people that I love and I respect so much and that I want to sit next to at a party are the folks that have been th- down in the pits and have climbed their way out and have learned a lesson from it and have not become bitter and angry about it and have become more uh, empathetic and have your hearts grow and and become more uh, understanding of the human connection, con- uh, condition and less judgmental of others. Absolutely. And, and that's the rise above. That's mm-hmm. the rise above the chaos message is it essentially you kind of get a new set of wings. Mm-hmm. You know, some people, my first book was Staying Calm in the Midst of Chaos. Mm-hmm. And I wrote that before the events of 9-11. Yeah. So here I was, a first-time author, but because of 9-11, I was able to tour that book across the country. And so what happened was I realized that each stressor that we had in life gave us, you know, an opportunity to soar, right? You can sink or you can soar. Right. And then, as you know, my book tour, because we've talked before, my book tour got uh, canceled when I found a lump in my breast and I was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. Oh, my gosh. You know what? You know what? Even, Even during these last 10 months in COVID, I've been like, you know what? I was able to rise above cancer 18 years ago. Mm -hmm. I got to rise above COVID. Yeah. See what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Get those wings. Get those wings. Now, everybody can do it in their own way, you know? I mean, I was coaching a new client the other day, and and she lost a daughter in a car accident at 17, and it was all of four minutes between the impact and that child being gone. There was nothing that could be done. Yeah. But see... You know, I was talking to her about other chaos in her life, and she was going, oh, the divorce not that big a deal. And I'm like, gosh, most people divorce a big deal. But when you've had a loss of that substance that yeah. she had, come on. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
nothing tops that. But see, she did survive. Mm-hmm. And so there she's got this greater ability, you know, and, and we were talking during the COVID and she wasn't down in the depths because, again, the worst that could possibly happen had already, already happened. happened. Her sh- yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, divine guidance. And I know, you know, some, oh, some people, yeah. I know there's some people, everyone has their own beliefs about the higher power and that kind yes. of thing. But I have really found that you, you got to have something. You have to have something to believe in to turn to to get through times like this. You know what's amazing is that is something that I always kept more personal because Mm -hmm. I have been doing this work a while. Mm -hmm. But I noticed that we have been struggling so much with depression and just so many losses, like so many losses that you can't even look at it. You know, how many restaurants, how many people, you know, furloughed and how, you know, how many hotels closed and will these businesses come back? And you know how it just goes exponentially. It overwhelms us. Well, you know what? If it overwhelms us, we can't solve it. So that's where there has to be. I call I call God a power booster. Okay. <laughs> so if if people don't want to say higher power, they don't want to say God. Do you know what I mean? Right. But if it's Buddha or if they believe in angels or whatever, but we need power boosters right now. See, we kind of know it. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I, these these problems we have, they're they're just too much bigger than us. And um, a lot of people in this last year paid not only for our country more than ever, but for <laughs> civilization. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So we were all praying anyway. So why aren't we talking about it? You know what I mean? We're not trying to convert anybody in this radio show. Yeah. But we can talk now about divine guidance, can't we, yeah. Bonnie? Even if, if you and I aren't of the cloth, we're not clergy, you know? Right. And the the other yeah. thing that I that I have found in my personal journey and that I think other people is is gratitude even if you wake up wake up in the morning and just are grateful that you're alive grateful that you have a cup of coffee in the kitchen grateful that the sun's out I mean sometimes just little find something to be grateful for you know with so many people being concerned about money and wealth and resources right because a Mm -hmm. lot of people were hit all at once yeah I actually say if you have your health and you had your health these last 10 months, you're rich beyond measure. Yep. Absolutely. You're Especially rich now. beyond measure. Yeah. And also, if you have your health, you can always make money. Yeah. So one way or another, you have to... Yeah, sometimes you have to be creative and pro and proactive, and you might have to kind of shift your plans a little bit and and you know be innovative about how to do it. But yeah, there's always uh, you're right. If you're alive and you have your health, there's always uh, hope for you know to try something new. Absolutely. What do you and, what do you think gets in the way? What what gets in people's way um, when they're trying to get to this place to rise above the chaos? What are some of the big stumbling blocks you've seen? Well, it can be the circle of friends if people around them are pulling them down or just negative and aren't wanting to see chaos as the great teacher. Oh, well, it'll never be like it used to. You know, people, it'll never be like it used to, you know, but the good old days are gone, you know, and it's like, well, wait a minute. No, look how resourceful we've been. Also, if people have limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think in COVID, we found that in all of ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. We found some limiting beliefs there. We're always going to have them to work on, but we can grow through them. Yes. You know? Yeah. So challenge your limiting beliefs. Challenge people who don't want to see a silver lining coming from this. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I think I think this this COVID, the lockdown, if you will, it's really um, it's been such in some ways a great opportunity for people to grow spiritually and go within and figure out why am I really here? What's my real purpose? You know, maybe the path I was going down before wasn't quite right, and now is a good time to reset. I mean, I as as terrible as this virus is, and as as awful as 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 businesses closing and restaurants closing, I think it's been a great opportunity for people to really and also cherish their relationship cherish the people that they love but maybe look inside and figure out if you know if they need to change something you know see now now you're leading me to my work because this is what i do with people and with clients is rise above the chaos if chaos is the great teacher well then it's actually asking us to redefine our lives yes and boy are you right you know are you right this covid time this lockdown time you really did know what what part of your life is just not working right. anymore? Yeah. And what's that dream you've always had? If it's a trip or if it's to write a book or be in a play, you know, it's time to get, get to cracking class yeah. and writing class. Well, know? Carolyn, we're, we're running short on time. Where can people, where can people yeah. get your book, Rise Above the Chaos? Where can they get it? Absolutely. CreativeLifeSolutions.com and RiseAboveTheChaos.net. Fabulous. Some of my coaching and series that I teach online so yeah Bonnie excellent thank you so much for being here Carolyn thank you for being flexible and wise words for this time we really need it stay safe out there continued success okay hey and now I live in the Coachella Valley so I'll meet up with you sometime soon okay okay thank you all right Carolyn Gross all right we'll be back with more on the Culture Corner in just a bit The curtain rises on local and regional arts and entertainment. From music to theater, films to fine art, it's The Culture Corner. Get connected. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. Hey, welcome back to The Culture Corner. We have a lot of television news right now. All right. And... Let's get started. So Law & Order SVU, the showrunner, Warren Leiden, has said that they're going to try to hire every Broadway actor to start, to guest star on Law & Order SVU. Great they, idea. Because they've been unemployed because of the pandemic. Yeah. And there's a good chance that right now they have a thing where they're trying to open by May, but there's a good chance they won't. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of, like, enthusiasm towards the idea that that's going to happen. Yeah. So they... So... Having these actors show up on Law and Order SVU, I believe, exposes them to much bigger opportunities. Sure. Like the movies. And it's not that uncommon for for um, uh, Broadway stars to be no, on TV. No, there's a lot of people cross over all the time. Like yeah, yeah. It. Peters yeah. has been on TV a oh, couple yeah. of times. Mandy Patinkin was Mandy. Broadway and television. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And so I think that's a great opportunity. And I really feel that... I, I really I, I feel really happy for them because honestly a lot of theater actors are struggling because they absolutely they want to get back out there yep. and you know the sad thing is that maybe a zoom play you know sometimes may not be as 
rewarding to an actor as like a production like a mm-hmm. tv show but not even then might not be as rewarding but at least it's something uh, but like and it's you know. and you're getting a lot of exposure I mean, a lot of people watch those television shows so you can a lot of people some people can't afford to go to a broadway show and so but but they can turn on the television and watch law and order so oh, yeah. yeah and especially considering that television yeah absolutely Let's talk about Sex and the City revival. Okay. So Sex and the City is coming back. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker posted on Instagram and just like that. That's the name of the series now. And just mm-hmm. like that. And it's now going to be on HBO Max for only 10 episodes. And they're going to have everyone except one person. Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall. Yes. So there's been a lot of debates. And me and Bonnie talked about it earlier that there seems that there's no it's very difficult to tell what is the real story between Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker's how much of it is hype and press blowing up a feud I mean apparently they've had had some differences but um well like Brian said earlier you know maybe Kim Cattrall just decided it was time to move on and go do something else you know no that's what I I speculated that because I I felt that you know she had talked about self-care on a Twitter post around the time the show was announced and I thought that's probably the reason i think she no longer feels that samantha is a necessary character for that Mm -hmm. formula but to be honest the movies kind of killed it for her she had said that she did not say she said no to sex in the city three because they had a storyline where samantha was going to be sexually harassed by another character's child so miranda i think it was miranda yeah Uh miranda's son was going to sexually harass Samantha and she didn't like that storyline she thought yeah she thought it was gross and she thought that the idea of Samantha kind of playing around with the idea of maybe sleeping with an underage person doesn't sit well with her and I gotta say thank you to her yeah I I kind of agree with her yeah there's a lot of other storylines you could have come up with yeah because I thought that it was kind of disappointing that the most sex positive character like you know, you can do so much with that character and it doesn't have to be let's have her have sex with everything. You mm-hmm. know, that character went through breast cancer on television. That character um, had a meaningful relationship with a man on the show. And the movies, in my opinion, retroactively took out a lot of things like mm-hmm. they had characters cheat on each other when they didn't need to. Mm-hmm. They had really bad situations. And the sad thing is that the person who wrote the TV show also wrote the movies. And Kim Cattrall kind of felt the show ended just fine back in 2004. You don't need to do don't it need anymore. to revive it again. Yeah. And I'm kind of on the fence of a revival. I would like to see Sex and City. I think that there's a lot of opportunity for shows about older women on television, especially shows about um, sex. Mm-hmm. And I th- and I was happy that the L word came back because a lot of lesbian women felt like, oh great, this is a show about my demographic now, because L word got a lot of uh, flack back in the day for being about young lesbian mm-hmm. women mm-hmm. so for me to see a show about older women would be great and i think a lot of they and sex has changed sex changes every decade so sure why sure. not yeah but other than that i'm i'll check it out when it comes yeah. out but and and we and we also talked about this before it's it's unfortunate that uh the press and critics you know uh, a lot of people like to see there's something voyeuristic about seeing female actresses get in fights with each other they're always hoping there's going to be some kind of feud you know that's what they did with um charmed and yeah. a lot of times it's i think it's very difficult to like dynasty dynasty those yeah. linda evans and jim collins yeah. got yeah. along 
but they kept. But they wrote in a rivalry and all this fights. Yeah, yeah. And one last thing: America's Most Wanted is going to be coming back with Elizabeth Vargas. Oh, okay. I like her. Yeah, she used to do a lot of Dateline, so that that's a good choice. But um, some people may be asking, what about John Walsh? Well, he approved the project, but he's not going to do it because he's already doing another project for investigation discovery with In Pursuit. So I say good, good for him and good for Elizabeth Vargas. And I think that I think that show should have always continued. I never understood why they canceled it Mm -hmm. because I think it is important. Then they found a lot. They found a lot of criminals through that show. Justice was served. Yeah, especially the fact that it was very authentic because John Walsh was someone who wanted justice, so he understood. He knew that. Yes, he knew what it was like. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm happy to see that Elizabeth Vargas is going to do it. Yeah, I like her. her I've always liked her. Yeah, yeah. She did great with Dateline. All right, Charles Herrera is coming up in our next segment. Yay! Yay. (laughs) We we'll be right back. You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Live from the desert cities of Southern California, here's Brian and Bonnie. And we are back on The Culture Corner, and we're now joined by my buddy, Charles Herrera. Perhaps. Hello. Uh, hello. I think he's perhaps the best male male singer in the desert but he's certainly right up there he's a very talented guy and 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 a nice guy too and humble and not he could be a real you know diva attitude guy but he's not why is that charles why aren't you a a diva (laughs) oh believe me i uh, i there's no reason to be a diva (laughs) you have i'm sure you have your moments we all have our moments well, I have my moments, but I'm mostly, I'm a diva against myself, actually. Okay, okay, okay. all right. Well, um, Charles, we've got, I mean, Charles, of course, was one of our featured singers on the Christmas show, which was great. Thank you again for doing that. And he and I work with this group called uh, PS Alive that hopefully down the road when things open up, we'll get rolling with that again. But the reason, yeah. main reason he's on today is to talk about the 10th anniversary concert desert ensemble theater yeah. company uh called brighter days coming up a week from to week for today at 7 p.m so tell yeah. us about that who's in it how, how did it come about oh my gosh well this is actually our uh it is our 10th anniversary concert however we do uh concerts uh it's it's uh, as benefits uh at, to kick off our season uh, mm-hmm. almost every year that we've mm-hmm. been in existence. And um, so this is basically our, we usually do the shows in the fall live, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, because of all that's happened, we had to push it back and we decided to do a virtual uh, benefit concert this year okay. uh, because of you know, we can't get together in person. Yep. Um, so yeah, so anyway, so it stars uh, Desiree Clark, uh, mm-hmm. Jackie Davis, Jerome Elliott, Myself, mm-hmm. uh, Jacob Samples, and Lizzie Sm- L- Lizzie Smelling. Okay, and um, all wonderful singers. Uh, just it's it's it, you, everyone's going to have a great time. It's such a great show, such a great variety of music, um, and uh, both both all the singers sing two songs. Mm-hmm. It's a very short concert. Uh, each of the singers sings two songs, okay. and um, yeah, and the tickets are on sale now. 
uh, and it's going to be streaming uh, the entire weekend of February 5th through February 7th. So you can purchase your tickets and watch it when you can. And it's streaming on, is it Vimeo? Is that what it's called, Vimeo? It's Vimeo. Yeah, Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O. It's going to be streaming on Vimeo, and the tickets to see it are $20. Okay. And, and you this... can purchase the tickets. Uh-huh. Go, Go ahead. ahead. Okay. <laughs> I was just gonna <laughs> I was just gonna say the tick you can purchase the tickets by going to the website. Uh it's www.detctheater.org. Okay. And um um what was I gonna say? I forgot. Oh it's a ben- this is a benefit for DEC's theater internship and scholarship program, correct? Yes, yes it is. It's for the scholarship program and the internship program for of the theater. And um, during the shutdown, you know, we had to convert the internships because usually the students are working during a production and that's how they earn their internship. Mm-hmm. Um, but since because of the shutdown, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing a series of online webinars for the students with industry experts. We can, we'll have actors, we'll have um, other people in tech people uh uh, talking about what they do, like set designers or costume designers. Um, and it'll be little webinars for the students to actually, you know, go online and actually watch and uh, learn a few things. And it'll be more interactive. They can ask mm-hmm. questions of the, the speaker. Mm-hmm. And so that there'll be a, a nice interaction between the, the speaker and the students. Excellent. Excellent. Do you, have, do you, mm-hmm. know, do you know some of the folks who are going to be uh, doing, uh, doing the instruction? Yet? Um, well, uh, we do have a couple of people. I'm actually one of them. Okay, I was going to ask that. that was, okay. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm going to be talking about my dubbing work for, for, for film. Excellent. Uh, yeah, and uh, I actually do have a couple of names, you know, just to basically give them the, you know, how I started in the biz and, mm-hmm. how, and you know, what it is that's, that's usually that we do for, uh, for as far as dubbing films into another language. Um, let me see. I've actually got some other news. Some great, great uh, t- people coming in to to talk and and to share their knowledge of of the industry. And I I, I need to find it here and <laughs> talk amongst yourself. Okay, for acting, we actually are bringing in Anthony Mark Barrow. He's a teacher at UCLA, okay. and he is also a working actor. He worked at the National Theater in the West End. Excellent. Yeah, Working with Shakespeare, he's a voice actor, a film actor, mm-hmm. and um, he's going to talk about the different methods of acting. Okay, super. Uh, yeah, and for technical, we have James, James Crace. He's worked for Marvel and for Disney, and he's going to discuss set and prop building. Okay. Uh, we also got Tom O'Brien. He's a scenic designer for television. Uh, he worked on Friends, the TV series. Okay. Um, we have myself. Well, we have uh, a woman by the name of Catherine Irvin. She's a professor at Cal State San Bernardino, and she's a former president of the Black Theater League. Um, She's also a theater director, and she also likes to work in non-traditional casting. Okay. Excellent. Well, what what a great... We've got a really... Yeah. Nice variety of, yeah, of people. Yeah. Tell me about Lucy Schmeling. She's the only one in the cast of your concert that I don't really know. Has she done a lot of stuff with DETC? Not with the, actually, this is the first time she's been, she's appeared with us, okay. and uh, as well as Desiree. Desiree Clark is also yeah. the first time that she's been with us, and I think Lizzie has done quite a few things with the Palm Canyon Theater. Okay, okay, yeah, um, but yeah, she's she's brand new for us. Okay, and so this and is she's marvelous. Okay, and now this is is none of this is original music, is it, or is this all songs that people know? 
No, it's not. No, it's not all. It's mostly uh, songs from Broadway okay. uh, standards, uh, and uh, there's a couple of you know, but it's mostly Broadway and standards. Okay. All right, and now, yeah, but it's great stuff. You are now. You're now on the board, correct, of DETC? Uh, I. I am. I'm now on the board of uh, directors for the Desert Ensemble Theater. Um, I am their secretary, but I just I and I take notes. <laughs> <laughs> now is now do you is that fun? Do you like taking the notes, Charles? Oh, oh. <laughs> I I do I do no, but yeah, I am the secretary of the board, and it's just it's I just started, so it's all so new, and it's mm-hmm. all just wonderful, and it's gonna I. I, I can't wait to really get my teeth into it, and it's so it's it's just such a great experience. So can so you t- can you uh, share with us? Or I don't know how much you know how much has been formulated about how I just was asking Michael Shaw this earlier. How, the what's the game plan for DETC as far as going forward in summer and fall and next season? I know it's hard to plan because we don't really know, you know what's going to yeah, happen. It is, it, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is hard to plan. Um, well, we're looking. We're trying to set our sights on the fall mm-hmm. um, to hopefully, maybe, hopefully by then we'll be able to finally open up and and uh, do some more live theater. In the meantime, what we're going to do is we're just going to start doing online stuff and virtual uh, stuff. We've got some monologues, monologues, a monologue series coming up. Oh, good. Um, in March, okay. and basically it'll be actors from all over the country who will be performing monologues online. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah, so we've got that coming up, and um, for now we just have to stick to doing things virtually. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yeah. But we are setting our sights for the fall, and um, we're, it's going to be we're going to have a great season. We'll probably bring back the plays that we were unable to do last year mm-hmm. because of the pandemic. Yeah, and maybe start off with some of those and get those get those on the boards. So how hopefully. how how have you, Charles Rare? Everyone sort of had their own method of getting through the last I mean it's going on a year March will be a year since everything shut down how have you been yeah. staying sane and, and 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 not losing your creative enthusiasm if you will well I have to be honest I mean I over the last year I've my I feel um I haven't felt inspired mm-hmm. at all you know I've just and I just felt you know kind of yeah, I, you know, just kind of with the walls closing in, you're just kind yeah. of like you just don't feel inspired. Yeah. Um, but now things are looking up, and I'm I'm getting more inspired now, and just wanting to do more and more stuff, and and just uh, staying connected to people is yeah. really important. Even if you don't get to see them in person, just staying connected to them, and just uh, and just talking things out if you have to. Yeah. Um, and just just and feeding off of each other for for creativity and for for inspiration yeah i think that's been the most important thing now are you someone who i mean and you're you know you've got this incredible set of pipes are you somebody that do you like vocalize every day even if you have nothing coming up um <laughs> no i'm kind of lazy that <laughs> okay <laughs> um but um but yeah if i have something coming up yes i will mm. definitely vocalize and i'll just i'll, I'll work on it but I do have to be better about that, and I just haven't, like I said, I haven't been inspired. Yeah. You know, usually I do, and I, I was I was doing a lot of singing before we shut down, and mm-hmm. and I kind of, you know, it just kind of just went away, and it, it sort of the inspiration, unfortunately. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I know I've, we've talked about this a little bit before when you've been on the show, but t- talk to us a little bit about your, your dubbing. So that went away, too? I mean, the, the, none of, is none of that done, like, online? You have to be there in person? Well, most of the, yeah, that's usually how it works. However, um, I have been able to do what they call remote supervision. We mean, so I was, I actually did one project 
back in September that I was able to work from home Mm -hmm. and do it. Mm -hmm. And I would be online with Mexico on live. And while the actors were in their homes recording, I'd be, there'd be like three different stations and we'd all be just, uh, I'd be super listening to them as they're recording the lines, giving direction when I could. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it was an interesting experience. That was the first time I've ever done something like that. And now, and, but it worked. And now is, are the, your particular skill set is the dubbing and translating from English to, to Spanish. Is that correct? That's kind of your main focus. Well, that's what I've been on for the last several years. I have, I, you know, I've been to France and worked mm-hmm. in France for, for a couple months and I've been to, you know, all over Europe and, mm-hmm. and Asia, um, granted, I don't speak those languages, <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, but I was, you know, but I, I did the supervision and I was able to, you know, you're able to do it because you can always, you can tell a good performance when you hear it. Okay. Whether you know the language, the language or, or not. not. That's an interesting yeah. observation. So are there, a, are there a lot of people, Charles, who do this or are you fairly unique? Is there a lot of people running around well, that doing this kind of dubbing? Well, it's very, it's fairly a small, um, it's a small community. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there are people who are more well known in the business, in that business, particular business than others. Um, but it's, it's, it's a fairly small community. Mostly, most of us know each other, uh-huh. you know, and, and um, but it's, it's fairly small. Yeah. So what's, uh, what, when things open up, in addition to you're on the board of DETC, and I'm sure you're doing stuff with them, what, do you have a dream show? Do you have, you talk, do you have a, a cabaret show, a Charles Rare one-man cabaret show in your head that you've been planning that you'd like to get out there? <laughs> oh, I've got several in my head. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, I, I do have a couple of things, you know, that I'm working on. And my partner, Jeff, he's actually also working on a show mm-hmm. as well. And he, because he's a singer, he's a Broadway performer. And yeah. He, so he's, um, and um, so yeah, we're we're both trying to like get our juices flowing now, you know, to get our, you know, get um, get off our butts basically yeah. and get back to work. Now, do you <laughs> and do you do you have do you have a couple of songs just duet, duets you'd like to do together? And Jeff's a super oh, nice absolutely. guy, by the way. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. We just we've actually talked about it, you know, and thinking because we love singing with harmonies. Yeah. So we yeah. actually talked about different kinds of songs that we want to do and. Yeah. So, yeah, we've, we've talked about that as well, definitely. Uh, all right, Charles Herrera is one of the stars of Brighter Days, the 10th anniversary concert for DETC, uh, coming up a week from tonight, 7 p.m., Friday, February 5th. Uh, tickets, $20. You can go to www.detctheater.com or org. Dot org. Dot org, sorry. Okay. Org. <laughs> Dot org. That's okay. okay. All right, well, listen. And how... it will be streaming all weekend. It will uh, be streaming all weekend, the 5th through the 7th. And by the way, uh, conceived and directed by Jerome Elliott, our buddy. Thank you, Charles. Yeah. Love you. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. All Love right. You too. Stay safe. All right, all right we'll have you more too. with the Culture Corner okay. in just Great. a moment. You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Here are Bonnie and Brian. Hey, welcome back to The Culture Corner. Bonnie actually wanted to talk about a TV show that she's very enthusiastic about. Uh, Nicole Kidman in this the series of The Undoing, which was on what was what did we say? HBO uh, Max. HBO Max, and I saw it at my friend Sharon's house. 
that was six, six, six episodes, I believe. Un, just really so well done. Uh, Hugh Grant played her, her husband um, and played kind of a bad guy, which is unusual for him. Donald Sutherland was her father. Just very well written. Great story. A superb acting. Um, the kid that was her, their son, their 12-year-old son, amazing. There's a woman who uh, plays the husband's lawyer. Just really, really, really well done. Great story. Great acting. So I highly recommend it if you can catch it. And we're, we're talking about this because Nicole Kidman's going to star in a Lucille Ball biopic. And some people are upset about that. That's true. They don't think it's the right casting, but... Well, they had a preference for Deborah Messing, and I get it. I do want to give Nicole Kidman a chance to do it, because I think she can do it. Uh, but I understand why a lot of people had in their mind Deborah Messing, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. when you watch her on Will and Grace, you can see you it. You can see that. Yeah, and her, the, her comic chops and all that. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's another interesting casting decision there is another casting decision but i'll save that for next week i'll tell you about one that came up but we got to pay tribute to cloris leachman and cicely tyson yeah some greats that we lost um yeah i mean both long i mean i think cloris was 94 and cicely was 96 so great long lives i got a chance to interview cloris leachman uh, a few years back uh at another radio station she was crazy you know crazy wild and crazy gal she was a fun interview yeah I imagine and she really does seem like a really authentic person I've seen Mm -hmm. her in interviews and she seems like not only a really fun person to talk to but very pleasant I imagine Mm -hmm. and I loved her in the Mary Tyler Moore show when she played Phyllis yes I'm gonna say very perfectionist character Mm -hmm. and I loved her in Young Frankenstein but her best performance in my opinion was in the last picture show oh yeah wow and I think the first time I saw her was in Malcolm in the Middle, where she played the very racist, bigoted grandma. Who yeah, I never saw that show. <laughs> but she won an Emmy for that. She actually she? won eight okay. Emmys, including a couple for Mary Tyler Moore, one Daytime Emmy, and then a cu- and then one a couple for Malcolm in the Middle. So mm-hmm. she's won a couple Emmys. Quite a career. Her. Quite a career. An yeah. Oscar for Last Picture Show. So yeah. she, if I would say that if you want to see a couple of her work. Last Picture Show, Young yeah. Frankenstein, and Mary Tyler Moore, yeah. the first three seasons, are the ones you should re- watch. Yeah. yeah, And Cicely Tyson, what an amazing talent and life. And uh, wow. She just, I mean, there's so many things that she did. Well, the the life and times of Miss Jean, Jean Pittman, was yeah, that the Yeah, the autobiography of yeah, Miss Jean Pittman. Okay. And then... Um, Sounder, which in yeah. some ways that movie is very groundbreaking because it was one of the first dignified perform uh, dignified de- portrayals for an African American yeah. black families, yeah. and you know, you know, funny enough, it does. It was directed by a white director, but because it was so good, no one brings that up as sort of a mm-hmm. talking point because it's that it was that authentic. And mm-hmm. Cicely Tyson had this thing where she always wanted to take roles that meant something. To black folks. Right. And she inspired so many black women. Cloris Leachman, in her right, inspired a lot of women to get into comedy mm-hmm. and to really get eccentric. Yeah. And Cicely Tyson inspired black women to even go and seek out meaningful roles because a lot of her roles could be degrading. But the fact that she was very wise and was very selective mm-hmm. showed that she when she had her stamp on it, it meant that this is a role that black people should be proud of. Like when mm-hmm. she played Kuta Kinte's mom in Roots, mm-hmm. she could have played any other part, but she chose to play that part. And yeah. it's such a wonderful performance. And I loved her in Marva Collins, which is a story 
about a black teacher who helps out a inner city school. Yeah. And what I liked about that compared to other things is that that story doesn't have the um, unfortunate implication of like having a white teacher talk down to black students. I like the fact that she chose a part in which a black woman inspires students to do better. And mm -hmm. I think that's really powerful. And she did the couple Medea movies. There's mm -hmm. this great monologue in a Medea movie where she said what it means to be a man, in particular a black man. And I'm gonna be honest, Tyler Perry movies don't have the best writing, but <laughs> if Cicely Tyson tells you gives you the lines, uh -huh. she really knew how to save that. And just a couple things. She won three primetime Emmys and one of them was for Jane Pittman, which mm -hmm. is yeah. considered by many one of the great performances of television. Yeah. And she won an honorary Oscar for her work. Mm -hmm. And I believe she, if I think right, I think she was married briefly to Miles Davis. Oh, yeah. She, back in the day. And she was married to him. And, you know, it was. I think it was pretty best. stormy, as but, I recall. You know, I was going to say, like, funny you bring that up because I actually got her memoir mm -hmm. and I got an autographed copy of her memoir wow. and, and I ordered it a couple of days because she actually was signing copies for Barnes and Noble uh -huh. and I got one and I had a feeling I have to get the autographed copy. Yeah. And then she died. I'm like, oh, wow, that was a sign. Wow. That, that, that was something. Yeah. Perfect timing. But I, she had talked about how that marriage was just, well, he was abusive as I, I've read. Yeah. He was kind of an abusive guy. That's yeah. what I heard. And I heard she talks more about it in her book. So yeah. when I read it, hopefully I can, Probably say uh, did she have it. children? I don't know if she had children. I not. don't think she's yeah. ever had children. She's okay. one of those people that was very career oriented. oriented. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? That's great. And yeah. it's funny because like both of these women have ha are mostly famous for their careers mm -hmm. and the fact that they set in stone like opportunities for women. Yeah. At least I would say so. Would you say so? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, somebody, I mean, my partner Eric says this, but I'm sure he wasn't the first one to say it. Somebody, you know, the, kind of the mark of a life well lived is leaving a footprint larger than your own that's behind. That's true. And they certainly both did that. I mean, you, you know, what an amazing career and amazing. And Cicely Tyson, the thing, that, the, other than enormous acting talent, the word that just always keeps pop, popping into my mind from what I've read is class. And um, I, I, very, very well respected. I've never heard anybody really say anything negative about her. You yeah. know, these women showed the world what it means to be a real class act. Mm -hmm. Cloris Leachman being very authentic and mm -hmm. real, but Cicely Tyson being very wise yeah. and very stoic. And I think that I, I, for me, when I see Cicely Tyson on screen, it feels like she's like your grandmother. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how it is. I've had yeah. a lot of black folks tell me that it feels that she is the unofficial black grandmother. grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> grandmother. Yeah. And every time she's on a movie, more 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 of my black friends know her from like the later roles when she's an older woman. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. to be honest, even in Sounders, she was reaching her fifties. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So a lot of people forget that she was not only a very powerful presence on screen, but she was very beautiful and she broke a lot of beauty standards. Mm -hmm. The fact that she cut her hair short and yeah. decided to do like an Afro mm -hmm. and that she didn't care. She said, it's going to be all natural. We're not going to do, yeah. we're not going to emulate white. She was standards. her own person. Yeah. That's that, that was the impression I always got. Yeah. Also, I was going to say that if anyone's interested, she has a book out, check it out. She okay. ghost wrote it with someone ghost wrote it with her, but yeah. It is out, and hopefully there's some autographed copies at Barnes & Noble, so check it out, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hopefully. 
All right. So great to be back, back in the behind the mic here in the Culture Corner. All right. We'll be back next week with some more um, entertainment news and great interviews. And uh, thanks, Brian. Everybody stay safe out there. And we'll see you next week. Hey, stay safe and have a good weekend.